Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. America needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalts as a nation, but see as a reproach to any people. Hello and welcome to Of God and Man, the show whose goal is to tick off every Muslim one at a time. <laughs> this is your host, Brum French. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at 210-854-8029. Or you can reach me by email at the letter B, the letter F, the at sign, B-R-A-H-M. F-R-E-N-C-H dot com. That is B-F at Bromfrench dot com. Today is the first time in memorable history, at least in my lifetime, that we offer such an honor. Such a prestigious honor is given to any who wants it. I bequeath to all who desire, to all who want to show solidarity, you also you too may be a French today. <laughs> you too can stand with the people of France and say, today I am French. I've got the right to do it. I am Brom French. Anything I eat is French. Anything I speak is French. Everywhere I go is French. <laughs> this does bring up some questions, though, that we do need to talk about. What happened over the weekend cries for us to go through the Quran. What happened over the weekend, in case you don't know, and you live under a rock, and that's okay, I've been there. I was there when I was in upstate New York. I lived under the rock, so I, I totally understand. But if you live under a rock, seven different attacks happened in Paris, France over the weekend. On Friday, Friday the 13th, seven different attacks that were all Muslim, over 100 people, they're saying probably close to 200 people dead, over, it has to be over 180-something people injured or dead and then the injuries on top of that. Just crazy. What happened over this weekend cries for us to understand, to go through the Quran, to understand what fuels this insanity. What makes these people nuts? What is it, what doctrine do they believe that causes them to be absolutely out of their ever-loving minds. It's important we understand. However, not only should we understand what the Quran says and why these people are idiots, but we should also think about how could this have been minimized if not prevented. Let me make sure we understand. I do not believe that it could have totally been prevented. I don't think that for a second. I do believe there would have been some injuries minimal. Could it have been completely prevented? Probably not. But it definitely, most definitely, could have been minimized. But what's the answer? It was crazy. Our non-transvestite NSA operative sent me a link. He sent me a link. Oh, uh, <laughs> real quick before I get to that, I just realized I've got a new listener. Um, I've got probably a couple new listeners that, <laughs> that are probably thinking to themselves, what did he just say? <laughs> did he just say non-transvestite NSA operative? <laughs> yes, I did. Remind me later, some other time, um, send me an email, send me a text, and ask me what it is. Remind me to go through it, and we'll do that later on. But I got a text from our non-transvestite NSA operative, uh, an email, 
that was stating is an NPR bit where the woman is decrying and talking about what happened at Charlie Hebo, Hebo, however you pronounce that. What happened at the the comic book uh, attack or the the magazine attack, whatever it was, newspaper, I guess. What is it that happened there that, you know, and, and ever since January when that happened, Parrish has been on heightened alert. Parrish has gone out of their way. They have hired more security. They've hired more police officers. They've got people everywhere. And yet, still, these people, these Muslim extremists, and any true Muslim is an extremist. There is no such thing as a moderate Islam or a moderate Muslim. There is no such thing. But what is it that why, you know, we've hired all this extra security, we've gone out of our way, there's more guns, and yet they, or there's more guns with the security, and yet this still happened. And you can't even go, this woman was crying, you can't even go through the store without getting your bags checked. Obviously, getting your bags checked as you're going through a store is not the answer. Just like the TSA going through your bags when you get on a plane and making you take off your belt and take off your shoes and go through a scanner that shows every crevice of your body, that also is not the answer. What is the answer, Brom? Thank you so much for asking. I've been wondering when you would. <laughs> the answer's simple. The answer has been staring us in the face, and it has been here for 239 years. The answer has been, well, just about 239 years. The answer is very clear. The founding fathers understood the answer. Government protection, police officers are not the answer. Please don't misunderstand me. We need law enforcement. We need people to stop the bad guys or at least to put the bad guys in jail. But that is not the answer to stop terrorism. That's not even the answer really to stop crime, to be honest with you. Now, I understand you're always going to have some crime. But the real answer is arm the populace. Put guns in the hands of the people. What would have happened? And one of the places that was bombed was a concert. I believe it was the Eagles that were playing. Another one was a soccer game. They kept calling it football. They, oh, come on. It's not football. Bunch of, well, heaven help me. Maybe I'm too Americanized. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're not playing American football. We'll put it that way. They're playing soccer. They're playing soccer and the bombs go off and some are at the concert, what could have prevented it? What if there was somebody there that had a concealed carry license? What if there was somebody there that we must remain an armed people or else we're all eventually going to be living under Sharia law, which is exactly what Europe is looking down their nose at. And speaking about Europe, I mean, come on. Did we not see this coming? Why are we surprised? Was it not Europe that opened their doors and opened their arms wide and said, please come in, everybody from Syria. Oh, you don't have any children? You, you don't have any wives? Oh, that's okay. Oh, you're 18 to 40 years old. Oh, that's okay. We've got room for you. Come on in. And then we are shocked when these refugees that were only looking for sanctuary blew us up and killed us. Complete insanity. It's one of the reasons we need to make up our minds. We really don't care even what a dictator tells us. At this point, not even what Congress tells us.
We need to make up our minds. We are Americans first. Christians first. Let me change that. Christians first, Americans second. And true Americans, patriots. Ones that our founders would be proud of. Not ones that will get a slap on the back from some bureaucrat sitting in Austin or your capital, wherever it may be, or in Washington. It's time we go back and be the kind of people. Trust me, this radical extremist Islamic mentality is here, and it will be revealing itself. It's going to be loud. It's going to be proud. It's going to be in your face. It's already showing some signs, some places. There will be attacks. The only way to stop it is we must have an armed populace. We must have an armed people or a free people refuse to be terrorized by these nut jobs and be armed. Let me take a break. While I come back, we'll go through the Quran, uh, the book of insanity. Hold on just a second. They say one man's junk is another man's treasure. On a side note, that's a good reason for you men to treat your wives well. I'm honored to be able to offer a brand new service from Junk in the Trunk. Whether it's an orange pill you need, or you're looking for good reading material, or old, tattered, worn underwear, Junk in the Trunk could fit the occasion. Just look beyond the stains, bad smell, and wrong address. For your next treasure, remember, Junk in the Trunk. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. America's needs individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but see as a reproach to any people. And we are back. And you are still listening to Of God and Man, you lucky, lucky people. <laughs> I will like to say, I would like to say thank you to a couple of our brand new listeners. Uh, by all rights, this should be the first podcast that they hear, and uh, I won't mention them by name because uh, nobody wants to be associated with the podcast. And Come on, folks, for crying out loud, I don't even want to be associated with the podcast. And uh, that means if I'm picking up two new listeners, that means the other ones I've had have probably dropped off because we never get over five. Matter of fact, we've never even hit five ever. We are always hanging around four, um, three, four. We bounce back and forth. I think today, though, uh, we may have four. And, of course, we'll probably be losing one now that I've got two new ones. <laughs> now, one of them has a, a card for a casino, and he's supposed to be a minister. So I've got all kinds of questions to ask him. That also happens to be the same gentleman. I was at uh, the church that he attends, and we were, uh, well, actually, the church that he pastors, and we're going through his church. We're cleaning out his office, and we run across a, uh, well, a very god-awful CD. No, it can't be a CD. It was a record with uh, some very interesting lyrics, and I mean, right there on the cover. <laughs> so uh, I've got all kinds of questions for this pastor, and this this pastor is uh, also tends to be very conservative, but yet stars in movies. 
<laughs> and I don't mean like, you know, I have a podcast that nobody listens to. This guy stars in movies and TV shows that people actually watch. So um, I, I, I will not divulge who he is because we've got to keep his reputation untarnished. And uh, he doesn't want to be associated with me because that would probably tarnish his reputation, to which we can all understand. <laughs> and we've got another listener today, should be the first day that he's heard the podcast, or this probably will be the first podcast that he will hear. And uh, he is just a great guy, tends to be a little bombastic. He's from up north, kind of in your face, which I really, really like not politically correct whatsoever. I really appreciate that. Oh, here we go again. All right. Look at the clock. What does it say? Just in case you don't know, that sound we are hearing, just heard, is uh, a car crash, a collision, if you will, of Christianity and Islam, or Chrislam, or Islam and Judaism, or Islam and sanity. And so the question remains, is the God of Islam the same God of the Torah, the Old Testament, or, or the same God and the same God of Jesus of the New Testament? We are seeing emphatically over and over again, this is not the case. We are going through the Quran. We are in the second chapter. It is called, the second chapter is called the cow. I kid you not. It's called the cow. We're going to pick up at verse number 84. Chapter 2, verse 84. And we're going to go all the way down to verse 89. And hopefully we'll have enough time to get it. And remember when we took your covenant, saying, Shed not the blood of your people, nor turn out your own people from their dwellings. Then this you ratify, and to do this you bear witness. After this, it is you who kill one another and drive out a party of you from their homes, assist their enemies against them in sin and transgression. And if they come to you as captives, you ransom them, although their expulsion was forbidden you. Then you believe in a part of the scripture and reject the rest. Then what is the recompense of those who do so among you, except disgrace in the life of this world and on the day of resurrection, they shall be consigned to the most grievous torment. And Allah is not unaware of what you do. Those are they who have bought the life of this world at the price of the hereafter. Their torment shall not be lightened, nor shall they be helped. And indeed, we gave Moses the book and followed him up with succession of messengers. And we gave Jesus, the son of Mary, clear signs and supported him with Gabriel. It is that wherever or whenever there came to you a messenger with what you yourselves desire not, you grew arrogant. Some you disobeyed and some you killed. Excuse me, some you disbelieved and some you killed. And they say our hearts are wrapped. We do not hear or understand Allah's word. Nay, Allah has cursed them for their disbelief. So little is that which they believe. And when there came to them, the Jews, a book, the Quran, from Allah, confirming what is with them, the Torah and the gospel, although for aforetime they had invoked Allah for coming, <laughs> Muhammad, peace be unto him, in order to gain victory over those who disbelieved. Then when they came to them, that which they had recognized, they disbelieved in it. So let the curse of Allah be on all the disbelievers. 
All right, so let's go back up to verse number 84, and we're going to look at this just a little closer, if time permits. Verse number 84, and remember when we took your covenant, saying, now real quick, who is it that took the covenant? Was it the Jews that took a covenant, or was it the Muslims that took the covenant? Was it Allah and Muhammad that took the covenant? Remember when we took the covenant? And again, it says, remember. So they are insinuating over and over again that this can be found in Scripture. But we are finding that just like the yellow cow was never found in Scripture, it's nowhere in there, either is this anywhere in there. And since when did the covenant, was the covenant taken by a Muslim? Which Muslim was circumcised? <laughs> Where is that? So I remember when we took your covenant saying, shed not blood of your people, nor term out your own people from their dwellings. Then this you ratify to do this, you bear witness. So again, now this is what Allah is saying through Muhammad to the Jewish people. Again, it's a bunch of malarkey. Let's go on to verse 85. After this, it is you who kill one another and drive out a party of you from their homes. <laughs> yeah, it's the Jews that are crucifying people for believing differently in the streets. It's the Jews who are stoning people for adultery. It's the Jews who, if you happen to believe in Jesus, will throw you off a roof. <laughs> it's the Jews. That's right. That's right. Get this right, people. Um, it's and it goes on after this and it's you who kill one another drive out party from their homes and assist their enemies what where is this against them in sin and transgression if they came to his captives you ransom them although their expulsion was forbidden to you what in the world are they talking about and where does this ever line up with judaism where is this in the torah it's nowhere it's nowhere from Genesis to Revelation. It is nowhere. It's nowhere from Genesis to Malachi, Matthew to Revelation. It does not exist except in the mind of a lunatic named Muhammad. Death be unto him. Anyway, let me <laughs> let me continue. Then do you believe in part of the scripture and reject the rest? What? Oh, I, I guess, you know, to some extent, sure, Jews don't believe the New Testament part of the Scripture. <laughs> there are parts of the Scripture, I'm sure. You know, they only read mainly the first five books. They don't go much beyond that. But again, are we going to take the word of a Muslim who cannot read and write? And, uh, you know, this insane, mentally deranged man who molests eight-year-old girls and calls them his wife? I mean, this is nonsense. You believe in part of Scripture and reject the rest. Then what is the recompense of those who do so among you? So how are they paid back, those that do so among you? Except disgrace and life of this world and the day of resurrection, they shall be consigned to the most grievous torment. And Allah is not unaware of what you do. So this is claiming that this is the actions of the Jews who do not accept Allah, if we put it plainly. Those are who have brought the life of this world and the price of the hereafter. So they bought, they paid for this world by giving up eternity. All right. Their torment shall not be lightened, nor shall they be helped. I'm telling you, this is a religion. This is a doctrine of devils. And indeed, we gave Moses and followed him up with a succession of messengers. And we gave Jesus, the son of Mary, clear signs and supported him with Gabriel. What? Since when did Jesus need support? Again, this has no bearings in Christianity because nowhere in Christianity do you find where Jesus has to be supported by Gabriel or anything else. He was God alone. 
He could have called a thousand angels to come deliver him when he hung on the tree, suspended between heaven and earth on Golgotha. But he calls no one because he was a sheep led to the slaughter. And just as a sheep led to the slaughter is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was not supported by them. Matter of fact, you go through scripture, he was abandoned by everyone, not supported by them. John the Baptist, the only one who, or not John the Baptist, John the Beloved, the only one that was anywhere near him when he was crucified besides Mary, his mother. Oh, Lord. Is it then wherever there came to you a messenger with what you yourself desired, you grew arrogant? Some of you disbelieved and some you killed. Some of the prophets you disbelieved, some you killed. A doctrine of devils. And they say our hearts are wrapped. We do not hear or understand Allah's words. Yes, I agree. We don't hear or understand Allah's words because it is the words of a lunatic. Just as much time as I'm going to take. I've already given too much. When we come back, we'll go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. Hold on just a second. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. Americans need individuals who not only recognize that righteousness exalted the nation, but see as a reproach to any people. We are back. And we made it through the insanity yet again. <laughs> and we're about to go through the Bible in a quadrillion years. We are in Genesis, Genesis chapter 41. We're picking up at verse number 31. And we're going to try to go all the way down to verse number 35. Genesis chapter 41, verse number 31. The Bible says this, And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following. For it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man, discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. So remember here what we are looking at is Pharaoh has had a dream and now the butler remembers Joseph. It's taken two full years, but he has finally remembered Joseph and he says, oh dear Lord, I've messed up. I've transgressed and there's a guy in prison that can interpret your dreams because your magicians can't do it. I know the man that can do it. And so finally, Joseph has been called out of prison. And Pharaoh gives them the dream. I've, I saw seven cows. They were healthy, and but they were eaten by seven skinny cows. And I had seven ears of corn, and they were, uh, they were devoured by seven unhealthy ears of corn. And I heard that you can interpret dreams. And so now Joseph is interpreting the dreams. And these are the dreams. He says, hey, it's really the one dream. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following. And so right now everything's going to be great. For seven years there's going to be plenty. That was the first half of your dream. Seven years everything's going to be great. But it's going to be followed by seven years that are going to be very grievous. For it shall be very grievous, he said. Verse 32, And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. So that's why there were seven cows followed by seven cows. There was seven ears of corn followed by seven ears of corn. 
we're seeing the doubling to make sure that we understand it's going to happen. And it is because the thing is established, he goes on, it is established by God. Now, why is this important? Because remember that his word, whenever the Lord says something, he will confirm it. His word will be confirmed. Now, I have had some people that will say, well, you know, what about in Scripture? Well, if it's in Scripture, it's in Scripture. Well, it doesn't matter if it's going to be confirmed or not. <laughs> I do believe important things will be confirmed, and you can find the principles and confirmation in the word. So let's continue. And for that dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. If God has given you a dream, now shortly sometimes is a matter of opinion. <laughs> in this case, shortly means exactly that. Shortly, you've got to be in preparation for it now. You had the double dreams. You had it twice because God's trying to tell you something, and it's emphatic, and it's imminent. You've got to be prepared. You've got to get prepared very rapidly. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise. I love this. It's as old Joseph is saying, hey, you've got to look out. You've got to find somebody. He's smart. He's wise. He's maybe handsome. I don't know where you're looking. Look over here. I don't know who it might be. Uh, he's probably rugged and, you know, he, he might be Hebrew. I don't know who it could be. <laughs> it's as old, look over here, Pharaoh. Hello, it's me. <laughs> look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. So now he's not only interpreted the dream, but he's telling him how to respond to the dream. He is setting it up, not this is what the dream says, but this is how you need to respond to the dream. Set him up over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. Now here is the crux. Here's the problem. The problem is that this institutionalizes the beginning of communism, and communism eventually eats its own. It is, the Bible says that there arose a new king that knew not Joseph, and this new king that knows not Joseph does also does not know Joseph's God, and he will then systematically execute the children and the boys that follow. The Hebrew boys will be executed because way back here, communism set up. And you see it as, a, oh, it's only 20% tax. That's all it is. <laughs> it was communism, folks. But it saved the day for the moment. Just as FDR, some of his policies, some, I repeat, some, might have helped in the long run, though what it did was exaggerate and exacerbate exactly the problem. It made the Great Depression from what might have just been and most likely would have only been a recession would become a depression because that's exactly what communism and socialism does. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. I'm going to help you save Egypt. I'm going to help you deliver Egypt, but it will come at a price that 400 years later, 400 years later will be the detriment of the Jewish people. It's important you remember that because communism always looks promising at the beginning, but at the end, it will always devour and it almost always devours those that institutionalized it. 
and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Now let's be honest. Joseph is used by God. Joseph has a destiny and he has a purpose. Joseph is called, but Joseph also understands what it's like to be under the hand or under the thumb of Potiphar, under the thumb of a keeper of the jail, under the thumb of his siblings. And here, finally, he has the opportunity to rise out of that, and its best comes to pass when you, Lord help me, when you brown nose those that are ahead of you. And so what he's doing is saying, hey, let Pharaoh do it. No, what he should have done is said, let the free market do it. Let's set this out and tell people that this is how you do it and we will we will help, but we're not going to participate. Anyway, that's just a sidebar issue. Communism will always eat its own. Let's go back and look at it again. Verse 35. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come. Preparation. And lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh. Right there, that's the communism part. And let them keep food in the cities. However, it was the salvation of Egypt. God gave Pharaoh a dream, but it wasn't really for Pharaoh's sake. And Egypt had a drought, but it wasn't for Egypt's sake. <laughs> Communism came into Egypt, and this is crazy. Communism came into Egypt, but it wasn't for Egypt's sake. It was for Israel's sake. It was because the Lord knew Moses is coming down the pike. Down the road is going to come a man who I'm going to use to deliver and set my people free. Joseph, you're here at a time, at a place to be used by me because the day's going to come where we need deliverance. But before we get there, we've got to bring him in bondage and God will have his perfect way. I've run out of time again. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you later.